0: Hey, this is episode 283 of Nerd's Eye View. We got a special one for you. I'm Jordan. I'm Andrew. Welcome. Uh, This is gonna be one of our—we haven't done one of these—a bonus episode. Yeah,
1: a little a mix and match, mix and match deal. It's not our normal format, and it's
0: even extra special because not all of these are technically reviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our first one is just a discussion you and I had about Alice Through the Looking Glass. Yeah, where you kind of told me about the film. Yeah, and I got to ask you questions, which. I actually had a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to bring that up again in the future, but that was fun. We can see.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a different new thing. Yeah. It was kind of off the cuff, and we went, ah, we'll save it. Yeah. And we're glad we did. Yeah, it was good. You can tell us what you think.
0: Yeah, and uh, after that, we have... Uh, our biased look at <laughs> the pistol shrimps documentary yep. and going to the premiere of that in L.A. Mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Benson joined us, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep. It was, uh, and that was a weird recording setup. So sorry for any audio hiccups that you experienced. Yeah. But I think it's. I think it all sounds good. Yeah. I think it's just funny because uh, Benson didn't have fully working headphones mm-hmm. and you were on Skype. I was on Skype.
0: And I think, what's the total recording at? Like 20 minutes or something? That was like, yeah, 15, 20 minutes. On my side, it was about two hours Yeah, because because of all the technical hiccups. But we hope you all enjoy it. Mm. And lastly... You and Justin went and saw a special Raiders?
1: Yeah, it's it's called Raiders, uh, the the ultimate fan film. Oh, I can't remember the subtitle of it. And this is Raiders
0: of the Lost Ark, right? not the football team. No,
1: uh, so the documentary is called Raiders with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. And it has a subtitle that is very long. It's like the, the ultimate fan film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a documentary about the fan film version of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is called Ra- the Raiders of the Lost Ark, The adaptation Uh and the special screening that Justin and I and and, uh, Victor went to Mm -hmm. uh, featured a double feature of the documentary and the actual fan film. Oh, that's awesome. And we talk about all of it. We talk about all the, I mean, if you know Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Indiana Jones film. It's kind of fun to hear this insane thing that these friends did in the 80s. When, when they were kids when they right? were kids and yeah. it, and how it leads to uh things that happened t- t- like two years ago wow like it's crazy that's cool uh, so that's that was a fun experience and uh we got it we got a good chunk of talking done in there because that's nice. two films yeah a whole experience yeah there's a lot to go over yeah there was a lot to go over so yeah. uh we hope you'll enjoy all those different segments uh in this very special episode of nerds at
0: get to it
3: Alice! Alice! Thank goodness you're finally here!
2: It's that girl again!
3: (laughs) Alice! You're back! Don't be nice to her! She's late! Have I come at a bad time? On the contrary.
2: You were afraid you weren't coming at all. What's the matter?
1: The hatter's the matter. Or the
2: matter of the hatter. The former. No, the latter. Oh. Mm. Tweedles. I... He's mad. A hatter? Mm. Mm. Yes, I know.
3: That's his muchness. That's what makes him so...
2: him. But he's grown darker,
3: less dafter, denies himself laughter. Mm.
4: And no scheme of ours can raise any sort of smile. We'd rather hoped you might help us save him. Alice. <laughs>
1: Alice. Through the Looking Glass. Could I get some less of Alice, please? An,
2: an in,
0: oh. impromptu oh, so in review of Alice Through the Looking Glass. We're doing a special Nerd's Eye <laughs> review here where we are reviewing a movie that only one of us has seen. I, Yeah? So, and uh, listeners can't tell, but I just turned my whole body towards you. We're sitting right next to each other, but I'm not afraid to get a little intimate. And I guess you could hear this. Tell me, yeah. Just don't do that. So tell That's me, why I don't like fiddlers. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. Uh, tell me about this movie.
1: Uh, well, this movie it came in, it did its job. Uh, it was a sequel, but also it had elements of a prequel. I'm gonna We've put it like that. we got two
0: sequels coming out this week too.
1: Well, we got to figure out what we're going to review. Fuck. The 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 weird thing is, much like the Huntsman sequel, that was a prequel and a sequel. This uh-huh. one also seemed to try and achieve that status what? through time travel. Oh, I fucking because hate it's that. time, and so they do time travel. I was and in doing So I was they do an they origin story for why the queen is mad. Really? Yeah, and why her head is big, and why she wants to chop off people's heads. Because we really wanted to know that.
0: Guys. Is does it have like a CG young Helen
1: Bonacarter, or is it yes. like a young everything CG? And also, for I some reason, know better than like, you to even ask. like the crazy, the craziness, like you know how everyone looks weird, yes, and, and that's like the point. The yeah, point yeah. Of, these, of the whole because
0: it's a distortion of reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole point.
1: Well, it started with the queen and her sister, the other queen. Oh. They were sisters. Did you? I, I also, I don't know if that was clear in the first movie, but they're definitely sisters.
0: And we're still talking about this movie. We're <laughs> not talking
1: about the <laughs> exactly. Hungover. Okay, and uh like, but their parents were normal. Is there a brother that everyone forgot existed in the <laughs> second movie? <laughs> uh i mean the king doesn't get brought up at all uh, of course not even a little <laughs> of course uh also in my memory i mean maybe i'm just remembering because whatever but i thought the queen was like beheaded at the f- end of the first one right and survived but like because you know beheadings don't kill you in this universe it's yeah just why like, would they you're just a talking head that's and people just can kick you around silly no at the it, at one point she's like that's why i was banished from this kingdom and i'm like man what Okay, hmm. I don't know if that's an actual because I didn't even care to I feel, look. I feel like I didn't even need... care to look. I'm gonna say that I didn't I, even care.
0: I feel like yeah, because remember when we did Jungle Book? Uh-huh. We were like yeah, it's very different than the first movie. And then I'm looking it up, and it's like oh, that's because it's more following the book. Yeah, yeah. Like for all we know, in the Alice expanded universe, the books.
1: Well, I've actually I've read the the two. Okay, and the in one the 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 what is the first? The first one was just called Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Yeah. And then the second one's called uh, through the looking glass. Okay, so does and it And neither follow of them are anything like the movie? No. That's like sucks. either of the movies. I because mean, <sighs> it's it's funny how like the idea of like adding time as a character is like kind of a cool idea for right. Alice universe. Right. Because did you ever read The Phantom Tollbooth? Yeah. Yeah. Like if they made a just a Phantom Tollbooth movie I'd be in. Yeah, that'd be because cool. Phantom Tollbooth is like Alice in Wonderland but updated like from the sixties. Right, right. Like it was written in the sixties, so it was yeah. like Well, we can do weird shit. Yeah. Because he goes to like the land of numbers and he goes to... I The one I remember the best is uh, he goes to some... The land of words mm-hmm. and before everyone eats at the big meal, they have to give a speech. And he's, he kind of doesn't know what to say. So, he's like, well, uh, thanks for inviting me. And then he has to eat his words. So, his speech was bad. So, his words were bad. His oh. food was bad. Like, that's boom that's okay, great yeah that's cool and that's that's the kind of thing that the old alice the original source material of alice is did and then stuff this like that stuff is like there was literally a scene in this film where johnny depp and two cgi creatures uh keep saying time puns because they're in the presence of time
0: so this just it feels to me <laughs> like <laughs> that this, is, sigh was this is just like an excuse for johnny depp and tim burton to make
1: weird shit oh tim burton's not in he's he didn't do this the guy who's... I can't even remember, but I remember I like that director who's stuck with this film and I was sad for him.
0: Okay, so... Then I don't even understand why this movie was created.
1: Money. Disney, Is it money? Disney money. Is it money? Disney money. Alice. Hmm. Through the look I mean I mean,
0: it made, it made just over $10 million.
1: Sure, why not? How much... Uh, I mean, can we... No, it's it's considered a failure because it cost like $60 million. Yeah, right? James Bobbin, who... Did the Muppet movie and and uh, and he's a nice man who does fun musical things. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is also oh. considered a failure, even though it made thirty-five million. And the insane thing to me was that so Sasha Baron Cohen played Time, uh-huh. and given the director who um, this director uh, worked with, Flat of the Concords. Yes, yes. Uh, which did, you know, very funny comedians. I and know musicians I, both. I, I, yeah, I need to see that. And never was there a role that was more suited for Jermaine Clement. Of, then of time, of the Concords, Than time And they gave it yeah. to Sasha Baron Cohen Because he's just He's the name right now Yeah He's it, the guy it's, you, you And her. it's so weird Because he's not the name Like yeah. I I don't think he's, he's just, the name at all But he's just like I think Known Clement for been, like, weird role. He would have been cheaper Like it would have yeah, been Yeah like, right And it would have been better Because it was very clear to me Like oh this is He Like if James Baldwin Had any role in the writing of this mm-hmm. He meant this role for him Yeah yeah definitely Like he's He's the weirdo that they wanted But
0: like, Oh well Maybe not the one that we You know because he kind of plays, want, I don't know. The I mean, one I guess
1: him and Sasha Baron Cohen kind of play similar. Because he, like, the character is kind of yeah. like blustery and self-important, mm-hmm. and that's that's if you saw you saw what we do in the shadows, right? You were here for that review, of course. I don't remember when the hell that movie no, came I, out. I, I speak. The movie feels it like it came out movie. like a million years ago. I know. Uh, he right. So his character in that is like you know blustery and self-important, and it's like you just transfer those qualities time and it's the same and it would have been great but i mean it technically already works because uh, he played a vampire Cole, right? So whatever. <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't sneak into my wife or something
4: Ugh.
1: although i do like that joke um yeah. i've never seen borat really yeah that's
0: i haven't seen i think i've only seen borat i saw the dictator
1: did not see that that was unfortunate
0: what what else has he done
1: and bruno that's bruno? the other one i haven't seen bruno and then he's just in other things. He was yeah. great in Hugo.
0: I've only He was fantastic in Hugo. Somehow him. he was great in Hugo. He was, because he wasn't, he wasn't uh, over-exaggerated. He was just exaggerated. Yeah. He and was And at the end he was like a little down. sad
1: and it was like, whoa, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this, this Alice sequel does the thing that I hate that movies try to do where there's like this in unbelievably bad person, or, like, a, you know, someone who embodies evil. And then you go, oh yeah, when they were a kid, like someone was mean to them. So, like, feel sorry? Hmm. Like, feel sad, guys? Like, even though she's trying to kill everyone, like... I mean, because one person was mean, so... Don't hate her. And I'm like... Well, can't be that's the,
0: the opposite, opposite thing. I mean, that's like, one that's of that's the things... Reaction. Look, I'm gonna make a big jump here. Yeah. But that's one of the things that I really liked in The Cell. Mm-hmm. Is we had the dichotomy between... Um, the uh, the serial killer, killer character played by... Uh, What's his name? Yeah. Kingpin. Kingpin, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But we had that against Mark Ruffalo, who was said to have gone through... Like, they never outright say it, but he very much uh, like says, like, no, I went through the same stuff, and I didn't come out the way he did. Uh You know what I mean? Is that at the end of the day, people go through horrible stuff, and... It's up to us whether or not we use that to become a better person and someone who can understand that situation and use that to help other people through compassion or whether we harden our hearts and become dark and spiteful and mean and hateful and to turn that energy against other people. Um, It's really up to us what we do with it. So that's why I like it.
4: I never play for fun. I've always played to win.
3: Women never sign up to be in the women's league. And boys have a league. Girls need a league, too, because otherwise they're just out on the street. That's a lot of women out there that wanted to play basketball.
1: It's a comedy league first and a basketball league second until we step out on the court and then everybody has to win. Who else is going to bring, like, their nail game, you know? Like, guys aren't going to have
2: freaking claws. It's
0: shrimp's basketball time. It's shrimp's basketball time. Let's
2: go! Four, five, six. Shrimp. Right, don't you like to win? I mean, who doesn't like to win? It's almost impossible to go undefeated.
0: Every girl just found out their role on the team. This love that
2: they're generating, this team.
1: There's not like a small town feeling unless you create it. It's basketball. It's basketball. Hollywood. Uh-huh.
2: It's just really
4: hard to find groups of women that you know have your back no matter what.
1: Chasing that down. It's coming up. This is Nerds Eye View, a very special little segment here where we're going to talk about uh, a film that uh, we experienced together. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm here uh, down at Ground Control. We have Control.
4: Hello.
1: And then uh, with me here in the moon base, uh, good old Matt Benson.
4: How's it feel? I'm singing (laughs) as a way to tell you. that I've lost the thread. I'm here. What's up? Uh, The film
1: that we're going to talk about right now, uh, which to say we're going to review it, uh, you know, might be a little biased because Mm. we're kind of in the film. A little bit. And uh, we experienced the film as it happened while they were filming it as well.
0: I mean, we can't all be the Jack Nicholson
1: (laughs) of Pan Pacific theater,
0: but that's uh, me,
1: but uh, we are going to talk about the pistol shrimps. Which is
4: what?
1: Oh yeah, that's their song. Yeah, and uh, that that is the documentary about the L.A. uh, recreational basketball women's league team, the Pistol Shrimps. Yeah. Uh, Apparently,
4: you've got some headphone business on your neck from where it's tearing off a little bit. Which is exactly what uh, happened to Matt and Mark one episode of Pistol Shrimps Radio. So this is a real case of subject becomes reviewer here in more (laughs) ways than one.
0: It's all connected.
1: Uh, Hashtag. But yes, we went to... Oh, I've lost sound. We went to the L.A. Uh, premiere of The Pistol Shrimps, uh, which was presented by CISO. Uh, and CISO uh, is the... Uh, what do you call it? A, a comedy streaming service uh, presented in part, at least, by, what, NBC?
4: Yeah, I'm not moving my head, so it's not jostle the cord at all, so don't mind that I won't be making eye contact for the That's rest fine. of this with you, Andrew.
1: Uh And uh, if you want to watch Pistol Shrimps right now, you just have to, you know, get on that CISO. If you're an Amazon person, uh, they have it as a free month add-on, so go give that a try if you just want to check out this really sweet documentary film about uh, some nice ladies and the basketball that they play and the lives that they live. It it was really touching. Uh, But let's talk about that L.A. premiere. Who wants to go first?
0: Uh, it was my first, like, real movie premiere, and it was fun, you know what I mean? It was at a, a really cool theater uh, in L.A. It was actually at a hotel, right? It was at the Ace was Hotel. The Ace the,
1: Hotel. The, Ace, the theater at the Ace Hotel is what it's called. Yeah, and
0: it's, I mean, you can tell it's a very nice old building. Uh, it's probably been there for a long time, and it was very nice inside. They had a very, very old camera there, and... You could just tell as soon as you walked in, you know, it was it was the full shebang. You know, they had one of those walls where everyone takes pictures. I don't know. It was it was a really new and fun experience for me.
1: Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. Like uh, because the whole, I mean, as far as I could tell, the whole team was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Matt and Mark, uh, yep. from Pistol Shrimps Radio, which is how we got involved, even with going to see the Pistol Shrimps games. Yes. Uh, so it it really it felt like a very very special event. Uh, there was there was a, a water bottle named Fred. What? Uh, what was it? Was that what was that the water that you got, Jordan? Yes. Fred it was called water. Fred water.
4: There were some bal- some sweet balconies to look down upon. I'd try to drop a penny on Jordan's head, but I was too scared that it would bounce off and hit a stranger.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, that would have been a problem.
4: Yeah, it was a fun time though. It was nice. Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, the one, uh, do we even want to call it a downside that before the feature presentation, CISO showed a little...
4: I don't think we need to talk about that. I don't think we need to drag negativity into this. Cool.
1: Just, just, you know,
4: there was a little
1: something extra that we weren't anticipating and... uh, Didn't really care for. Didn't really care for.
4: There was also, though while well, we're still talking about the hotel there was also a bathroom bar when you go down to the men's room downstairs there was a bar exclusively for the men's room i mean you anyone could go down there but yeah. it was like the bathroom had its own lobby with a bar which was pretty cool to see that oh, was, was that was
1: really cool. nice uh but yeah i think i think it was a really cool experience mm. and then the film was really good yes yes yeah. Uh, I think we all would have been like super bummed if it wasn't a good film, and we really enjoyed it. We and would it wasn't have asked
4: to be removed from it, huh? <laughs> we would it asked to be removed from oh, the yeah. film if it was bad?
1: And uh, it was really interesting uh, because I think it, it it went to great lengths to more or less explain uh, the phenomenon of the pistol shrimps. Yeah, and what made the team so interesting, and what made. There to be any kind of a cult around the uh, cult following of the team.
4: We are now proud part of
0: the team, but also the whole league. Yeah, and and the dance and the 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 L.A. LA
4: Municipal, your L.A. Municipal Dance Squad.
1: Yeah. Uh, So that was really really cool. It was, and it wasn't even like um, you know you would think we've been listening to a podcast about this team for what over a year, two years, Uh, not two years. I'm going to say
4: over a year, but not two years. Yeah.
1: You would think we would have heard, you know, everything we could have heard. But, you know, as a documentary, it kind of got into well, a lot. I, of
4: I mean, I love the podcast, but I would not call Pistol Shrimps Radio the most informative podcast on the Internet.
1: Right. No, but it, it it was it was kind of a thing where um, when it blew up that Aubrey Plaza was on a basketball team, you know, those of us who'd listened to Pistol Shrimps Radio went, yeah, we, we knew that.
4: Uh-huh. Yeah, well, w- I mean, her she did that talk show appearance before the podcast started. Oh,
1: did she? Yeah, I don't I don't know the timeline of events that the way.
4: the talk show appearance and the Burger King commercial were before the podcast started. Okay. Well, May twelfth, twenty fifteen, was the first episode of Pitcher Tron's radio. By the way, oh, so okay. about a year and a month.
1: Because I remember I started late on the podcast. Yeah, but caught up real quick. Oh yeah, you better believe it. Uh, but yeah, and they went it, they went into kind of the stories of all the all the players mm. and uh, Naki. how Stop they got involved. Kaffin.
4: My dog was eating cat food. I'm sorry you had to hear that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's get an animal check in. Jordan, how's your uh, frog aquarium? You're not in that Uh, room right now.
0: The toads are quiet because they're on the other side of the house. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, But yeah, I think uh, by the end of it, I felt, you know, pretty moved, uh, pretty well informed, and prouder than ever of supporting the pistol shrimps. Yeah. Yeah. Great
4: Great team of women.
1: Uh, also, when we were there, we saw doppelgangers for all three of the McElroy brothers. That is correct.
4: Oh, man. That One was experience. One of them was in some way affiliated with at Jack from the Pistol Shrimps.
1: Yes. Indeed. Indeed. The, the Justin lookalike. Yeah. Some of the coach or not coaches, the umps. The umps. The umps. <laughs> some of the referees yeah. from the league were, were there. That's true.
4: Sexy Ref was not in attendance. I did not see Sexy Ref <laughs> no, there, that unfortunately. Was a Although he was featured prominently in the doc. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah.
1: Uh, and yeah, the, the audio from the pistol shrimps, uh, radio was used in the documentary laid over, uh, the various plays yeah. that were done, uh, in, in, in a very good fashion. Like I thought it was very well put together.
4: Yeah. And I think some of it might've been re-recorded too. Some of it sounded a little different to me. Really? Yeah. This is my conspiracy theory time. I, I believe a few of those snippets were re-recorded for the film.
1: All right. I mean, if you say so.
0: Yeah, I'm not an expert. I'll take your word for it. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Jordan, anything stick out in the film for you?
0: Um, whoa. Uh, I did kind of notice that one of the teammates didn't get a whole bunch of background. She was on some, some of the segments uh, talking about different things, but she... I, it, I mean, it, it, it pains it, me to say it, something disparaging, but it felt like either she asked to not be in it or something like that.
1: Oh, do you not want to say who it is for fear of that being the case? Uh. I think I know who you're talking about, but at the same time, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, she's,
0: uh, aside from Jesse Thomas, she's the other shorter player. Ta-
4: that would be Tally Levy Crouch,
1: I believe yep. you're referring to. Do you, do you think. Well, yeah, we, we were both trying not to say the name, I thought. Well,
4: I thought Jordan was trying to say the name because he was describing her the best he could. Uh, yeah, she, she was mostly
1: in segments, uh, with, uh,. With who? With Katie Vallon? No.
4: With uh, Katie Valen, yeah. That was put yeah. together on the stairs. Yes.
1: Uh, and so, I
4: mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that's just, you know, this documentary's timing stuff gets cut. Mm-hmm. Maybe they film more stuff with her, but for whatever reason, it just...
1: Yeah, it felt like, I mean, even with, uh, like, Paisley Gray didn't seem to have a lot in the in the film. She had a little, though. She had a little, and it kind of, like, Paisley Gray led to the Melissa Stettin segment because they're yeah. both models. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, so, I don't know. That just kind of felt like, yeah, like a, like a cut for time or a flow situation or yeah. something like that.
0: But other than that, that was the only thing I, I could notice that was something other than just joy and, and like having this experience where we've, we've, I mean, I feel like we have a connection uh, not only because of some background stuff of our good boy, Ben Manson, and uh, his relationship to uh, one of the co-hosts of the uh, podcast. But also, you know, we've been going up there for a while, so it's hard not to feel invested. Like I understand that whole royal we experience that people have with sports teams now,
4: Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: and getting more of like background information on each of the players and and kind of learning about like who these women are that I've been supporting and cheering on for over a year. It was it was kind of awesome. I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. Like I feel like I'm way too close. Uh, which I, I think I told you earlier to objectively look at the film. So I mean, all I can really say is that the experience as a whole and the film itself, I thought, was really
4: well done.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's really neat that now there's kind of an easy way for us to share our experience with others.
4: Yeah. Because when we tell people we go to these games, they really just do not understand what the hell we're talking about or what the right. appeal is. Yeah. Especially for, for three non-sportos like us.
1: Yeah. It, it got to the point where uh, my mother literally asked, are, are, is one of you dating someone on the team? Like, she did not understand at all <laughs> why we were going, what joy that we got from it. Yeah. Uh, you know what, though? It was, it was, it's fun. Uh, and it will continue to be fun when they, when they start up again uh, for their next season. Uh, yeah i'm excited but for now you know we're just between seasons uh but yeah i i'm really and i'm kind of glad um uh it's on cso i uh I, I got that free month of cso just so i could you know kind of re-experience some of it and uh and get that great screen grab of us three <laughs> in the movie yeah uh but uh, maybe i'll check out some of the other things on cso uh, I've, I've heard good things about, what was that called? Bajillion Dollar Properties? Bajillion
4: Dollar Properties, created by Kulop V. Lysok, starring the likes of Paul F. Tompkins, Kulop herself, Scott Ackerman's mm. in there. Sounds like a great show.
1: Is Ghost Girls now on
4: CISO? Do you uh, know? I don't know.
1: So Amanda Amanda Lund and
4: Maria Blasucci, Maria
1: Blasucci uh, had a web series called Ghost Girls that was on
4: Yahoo Screen.
1: Yahoo Screen. Uh, very
4: good. I've seen it. Uh, I saw when it was on Yahoo. It's very good, but then it was kind of lost for a while on the internet. I
1: think it's on Vimeo technically. Last I yeah. heard, uh, that might not be fully legal.
4: Yeah, and if it's on CISO now, I would think they probably took the Vimeo yeah. stuff
1: down. Uh, I hope it gets to CISO. Yeah. Yeah, that seemed like kind of a kind of a fun thing that they could do.
0: Yeah, yeah what they showed in the um, in the movie looked pretty funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, it's a good show, and uh, of course the Bam Bam show will be coming next year to CISO. Yeah. So seeso's yeah, really I- really hopping.
1: Yeah.
0: They're, I, I, it's ridiculous that I'd never really heard of them. Like in passing, I'd heard the name before on a couple of different podcasts, but just looking over the service and all the different shows that are on there and all the different comedians who I've heard of and enjoy their work, like having shows and things that they have on there. I mean, that's, yeah, that's. It's it's become something that I'm pretty much going to have to subscribe to now. Yeah,
4: and they also have Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is like one of my all-time favorite British shows. That was really hard to find for a very long time, and now it's just up there on CISO. Yeah, they have Kids in the
1: Hall. They have uh, a lot of Monty Python. Uh, yeah, and it's it's cheaper than a normal streaming oh, service.
4: Guys, guys, the the CISO check just cleared. We're good. We can stop talking. About <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woo. <laughs> No, nah, but for reals, uh, yeah. it, it looks like a good service, and I'm kind of glad that they're, they're picking up kind of on this podcast uh, comedian track yeah. uh, with Pistol Shrimps, with uh, Harmon Quest. Harmon
4: Quest, which joined our properties, too. Like yeah. You some yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So this, that's kind of, that's fun. And I'm glad that we went to this. Uh, it was a very special event. Uh, we got to see the film, you know, before it was on CISO. Uh, the Q&A? That happened afterwards. Q and a was a lot of fun. That is available somewhere on the internet, uh, not illegally, but for really. Oh, I didn't know that. I saw a, a link. I think I retweeted it. Um, there was a q and A with the team, the filmmakers, and it was done by uh, Matt and Mark, the host of Pistol Shrimp Radio, uh, and that was kind of a fun little thing.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, I I think you know, if 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 you want a nice documentary that's not a bummer. That's kind of uplifting. Yeah. Uh, and fun.
4: Check out pistol shrimps. The Check out the pistol <laughs> shrimps.
1: The pistol shrimps. There it is. Any last thoughts, Jordan?
0: Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of just gonna mirror what you just said because I actually watched the first episode of Brain Dead with uh, Oh, I Mary also watched with that. Winston. Oh, it's very good, yeah,
4: it was very good.
0: Yeah, it was very good. But it also reminded me of, of that's what most documentaries have become, which is good, because bad things that happen in the world we, you know people should know about them, we should all be informed about what's happening in the world, especially if it's from some part of the world that we're not aware of. Um, and the, but these are not, you know,
1: singers from the Solomon Isles. Yeah. Uh, Mary
4: Elizabeth Winstead is a documentary filmmaker in Braindead. That was the connection. Okay. Andrew was a little yeah, confused. I, it,
1: somehow <laughs> I've no one who didn't watch Brain Dead. You two were like, oh, I don't know, and all of a sudden you guys watched it.
4: Yeah, I yeah. really liked it. Yeah, me, me too. I'm and, concerned and confused. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so to have a documentary where it's just like, you know, it's something to feel good about and kind of I mean, I, I hate to kind of spoil it here, but to realize that. Our lives are more than just our jobs and what we're doing to get by in the world and to pay, pay rent, and that uh, we can create something that becomes bigger than ourselves and, and kind of brings joy back into life. Hmm. I mean, you know, sorry to be so, you know, using so much hyperbole, but I, I mean, that's what I think the film ultimately is about. And to, to see the way that that's affected. Um, not only the women on the team and the women in the league and uh, the dance squad, but also everyone who cares about all these teams and the people who listen to the podcast. And it just, it's affecting so many people from just two wonderful women had an idea one day and it's it's become something greater than that. And that's really cool.
1: Yep, that about uh, wraps it up. So check out The Pistol Shrimps uh, on CISO if, if you want. We recommend it yeah you should for sure
3: we met a pair of young movie makers who are filming their own version of raiders of the lost ark their summer project is the subject
1: of tonight's page 13
0: it's
2: become a cult favorite they used real snakes did their own stunts and nearly burnt down their mom's house I don't know how to explain this, but it's Raiders of the Lost Ark remade shot for shot by 11-year-old kids in 1982. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it.
3: Just the idea that these two guys were able to make this movie over a period of seven years, to me, is absolutely mind-boggling.
1: They were in college by the time it was finished.
3: Who's got that much time and energy? The fact that they didn't burn down the house is a miracle
0: seems like a good example of bad
3: parenting you're not just watching raiders you're rooting for the kids to succeed it was the best feeling i've ever had in my life we kind of missed out on our childhood but the whole time we realized we're filming our childhood once that became part of their lives it's almost as if they've never been able to shake it even up until now
1: After we finished, I would have a recurring dream that somewhere we would be shooting the airplane scene. On some level, it haunted me that we
3: never did this.
0: The fact that I get to do this, shoot the airplane scene, and
1: begin the adventure again.
3: If you want to make God laugh, tell him you have a plan
0: it just slowly progressed downward
1: Pretty dangerous today pull the plug now or spend more money than you planned i
2: don't think the words you're gonna be fired were used done
1: i will never work with that guy again you gave up man i'm sorry i don't want to be part of it i'm Back gonna bottom. kill you action francisco stop Three, two, one. Oh no the plane is Alright, this is a special, immediately after the fact, Nerds Eye View movie time review time for uh, a double feature uh, of a showing of uh, a documentary called Raiders uh, about uh, a fan film version of Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, and the actual fan film. Uh, I'm Andrew and I'm joined here by Justin
2: uh, your resident Spielberg enthusiast. <laughs> Are you just so used to saying that? I'm, I kind of that... feel. I kind of feel like this is essentially a a, a crossover podcast because this. Is, <laughs> it, I mean, I mean, I've been on your show before, but I, I almost feel like this this almost counts as a podcast crossover because in the this is in the long run about Spielberg again. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt couldn't join us this time, so I. Uh, but I still felt the need to stay the other half of our intro mm-hmm. um we do have we do have one other member here oh i'm on this yes okay.
3: <laughs> if you All would right. like oh uh, no certainly let me turn off my my uh, my internet hello go hi go. hello i'm how should I introduce myself oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm victor perfecto i do comics sometimes i am justin's writing partner when he's not doing the show or the other thing agents yeah. of guard that's the one
2: there we go <laughs>
1: Uh, but yes, so this was, uh, a really cool thing put on by, uh, Frida Cinema, mm-hmm. uh, a double feature of both the fan film, which is literally a feature length shot for shot remake of Raiders made by kids, uh, beginning in 1981, <laughs> right after seeing the film, they said, hey, let's do this. And going up until, oh, about, what, what would you say, two uh,
2: years ago when they filmed the last scene. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: and, uh. You know, and I think uh, uh, Justin, you mm-hmm. wanted to watch this showing of it because they were air- they were showing the double feature, uh, the fan film, and then the documentary, and I yeah. think
2: that was the right way to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, because the idea is that like it's, uh, it's in a weird way you're watching that the, you're watching the making of after the movie, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it's approached. Then um, I don't think. We, it would have hit me the same way if I just didn't trust that they were... Part of me feels like I want to trust that whatever it was that caught on when people discovered it uh, was enough for me to watch it without knowing the hist- or watch, without seeing the history of it mm-hmm. in the documentary. And so um, I kind of preferred it that way. And I, yeah, no, I, I'm glad it worked out. I, I, actually, me and Victor were talking earlier where it's like, a little worried at first, like I've heard about, like, I've heard about this this adaptation for so long that I was wondering, oh God, is this actually going to be able to hold my interest for a full length movie?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard about this since like I got out of high school because apparently, like the first time it made the rounds was like in two thousand two or so, and the idea of it, sure, that sounded amazing, and I'm sure this is the kind of thing where oh, you look up, yeah, you know, as a lark, you look it up on YouTube, but, um, but actually sitting for the entire feature length, you get a little bit concerned. But like Justin said, um, if if you know Raiders, and most folks do, it's it's that part of the experience of watching it is uh, it's that anticipatory thing, and when you know it, um, you are wait, It's it's like watching problem solving. Yeah. And uh, to, <laughs> to add to that same notion too, like when you're talking about, do you watch? Uh, would it be proper to watch the doc first or watch this first? Uh, the uh, the film rather. Um, I think, you know, like well, I, I concur, like I definitely think doing the film first is, it's the more visceral experience. And also, um, especially cause I didn't look in the making of this final home stretch version of it. Um, there is something kind of magic. The moment you get to the infamous plane scene, which they never finished. I mean, that's seven. The original making of the film is like the seven year endeavor from like age 11 to age 18, um, so you're watching, and that's part of the charm everyone always talks about. That. That's the charm of it too. You're watching these kids from scene to scene, like jumping in between ages <laughs> and then you cut to a wide and it suddenly looks more like a film than yeah. anything, Yeah. you know, that, 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 uh, that slab slides out and you see them come out, uh, you know, you know, you see Indy and Marion coming out as grown adults yeah. <laughs> and you realize exactly what's going on. It's a real, it's a real spine tingler and so much of, I mean... The, uh, the dual narrative of the doc is, you know, the making of the film the first time and the decision, let's finish the plane sequence as, as, yeah. gr- as grown human beings. Um, if you watch the documentary first, it, it, like, that bit of tension... Yeah. Like so much like so much of the documentary is is built around the, the, the secondary narrative of finishing it. There is actually something nice about see again, it's the yeah. magic of watching these children and suddenly <laughs> jumping to them as adults in the you know, in like twenty fourteen or whatever and then being informed you know, and you know, like everything, it kinda looks weirdly effortless.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then you actually see the drama of it unfold in the documentary.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of a bummer for me, because one bummer for me is I realized like I I was aware of the Kickstarter. I knew that they were the mission was to finish the plane sequence. So I was almost waiting for it. And yet the cut to the wide shot, the, all of a sudden, them as adults, it still worked on me.
3: And let me tell you, I was actually, you know, I've I've heard of this project, but I didn't know about that. You didn't know stretch. they went. I actually you didn't know, didn't they know finished finished about the date. plane scene. Yeah. I didn't know that that was going to happen. So I actually did get the cold reaction, and it's like, yeah, the cold reaction of, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was aware that there was a
1: scene missing, and in my mind I, I kept thinking, which one, which one is it? I wonder oh, right. if I'll notice. <laughs> 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 I wonder if I'll notice! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, that's the one right there. Uh, and I think another neat thing that we got to experience firsthand and then uh, kind of the documentary enforced the idea that this happened everywhere was that um there is some true joy in seeing this recreation because of um I mean I don't know if maybe it's our generation or maybe it's mm. something about Raiders that that film uh, we've seen it so many times you know watching watching this recreation it's it's the anticipation of Okay, how are they going to do that? Right. How right. are they going to do that? Well, there's also how are they the, going to do that? <laughs> there's
3: also the wish fulfillment of watching these 11 to 18 year olds do it and kind of wishing that you did have the uh, the ambition the, to do it when you're a kid. Apologies to anyone in the audience who did in fact do something like that. I, <laughs> I, 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 well, I'm not as good as you. I'm
2: sorry. Well, I think for me, as a guy who, who's learned filmmaking and who's tried to do filmmaking in various forms, I'm, one of the things that kept I don't know maybe I, maybe uh, Andrew and Vic and Concur, concur. When they're hearing me, my reactions is like going, "I said wow," or going, "Huh," a couple of times because all of a sudden I went, "How did you get a navy boat?" <laughs> like there were a couple moments like that where I'm just going, like, "Like, all right, how?" Like, to, to spoiler, to I guess a spoiler, to, um, <laughs> when you watch the opening sequence, I'm sitting there going, "Like, how are you going to do the plane?" You know, yeah, well, like, like the, the boulder. How? You, I, like I saw the boulder in the trailers. I'm aware that there's going to be a kid a bunch of very white kids playing Indian uh, native folks. But I'm still going, the plane, how are you going to do the plane? I don't, and then I realized there's Jock on a boat. I went, oh, you know what, serves, a little skiff. Yeah. serves the same function. <laughs> I, I sat there and went, oh, I get it. I literally leaned into Andrew, I'm going to get a plane. But at the same time, what's the purpose of the scene? They just need to get away. It's like, you know what, eh. There could be a... Pl- that, that made sense. Like, you don't have a plane, but, hey, Jock needs to get some getaway vehicle, and you can have a snake in the boat. It actually functions the exact same way.
3: Yeah, like I said... That's it, the
2: adaptation part of it.
3: Absolutely. It's that, uh... It is the thought of, like, when when you are... Here's the thing. When it's a remake of something that a lot of people kind of know, like, the back of their own hands, and have seen... And, you know, it's already a bit of a... You know, everyone, you know part of the magic of movies is, is immersing yourself in something that didn't happen in a really... Um, you know, really uh, convincing sort of way. So when you know that these are, you know, these, these are kids on 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 kids' budgets, it like it, it's problem solving. It, it is like okay, this is the, this is our hurdle. We have to we have to depict the Bolden. We have to mm-hmm. depict the arc opening. We need to depict <laughs> these ghosts. And your brain goes, how do you do? It's almost like you're like like you're watching. All right, what do you have up your sleeve this time? Yeah. And then you watch it. It, it is it is a kind of a marvel. Uh, realizing that they they problem solved and 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 low budget you know found solutions to this and and actually did and even beyond that though beyond the fact that they they managed to to make scenes work they pulled some strings they they had you know they had connections here and there there is. Also, the fact that the that these kids did it, you know, they composed it like Indiana Jones. It looks like Indiana Jones. Uh, one of the most impressive things you learn in the documentary is uh, Eric, I believe, is the name of the director. Yeah. yeah. Um, the original director. <laughs> um, um, he whipped up, you know, boards for it to, you know, to shoot from in in '82. And you, you know it's something it was, was yeah. pre VHS, exactly pre VHS, yeah. pre art books. Like yeah, you can you could purchase like the art of Indiana Jones or whatever now. But mm-hmm. the fact that that, that uh, this kid went ahead and from memory, um, you know, boarded the film and kind of nailed it too. You know, that's that's that kind of homespun DIY uh, thing that that especially when you're when you're a kid with with an ounce a desire and, and wanting to see how how something works it's really it's a sight to behold
1: yeah yeah
3: I, I I really want to talk
1: about I don't want to get too much into what what happens a lot in the documentary but I kind of like this idea of um, the people who came together at the core of the film it was it was kind of three it was three right. kids. Uh, the, uh, the Eric, who was the director, and he played and also played Belloc, yeah. <laughs> which I think that's kind of a fun thing that he was Belloc, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chris played Indy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third kid, uh, Jason, Jason uh, was their special effects guy. Yeah, And they kind of, uh, you know, how they came together, uh, what each of them brought to the table, and, and kind of the... The I don't want to say typical, but like just weirdly typical way that when hmm. groups come together and the falling out that happens, yeah, you get
2: older, apart. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's so crazy and and very interesting. I, yeah, I, as a documentary, I was just so I was so surprised that it had all the little uh, nuances and twists and turns of and any other story that any other documentary
3: tries to tell. Well, the backdrop element too, outside of yes, no, that's really kind of amazing and neat that these kids in the '80s cobbled together this film but there is that you know that melancholy and that darkness and the fact that part of why they did it was they all came from from homes that were broken or breaking and which, this was their place where they could exert a certain amount of control
2: which is this is kind of the crazy part uh of that kind of commonality they all had was that um uh, un, you know um uh, you know uh, ironically enough spielberg also came from a, a broken family mm. Like, Mm -hmm. his his parents also came from a divorce. A lot of his feelings of uh, being a child of divorce actually enters into Mm E.T. So the idea that... These kids And I don't think even Clearly they didn't know About that yeah. stuff I mean like That's not that's
3: part of the par- I mean Yeah That's not common
2: credit has to go To those mothers who was, yeah. Those mothers who Who, who uh,
3: held their homes together yeah. And let these kids do it well, also sometimes the, Despite well, I mean, any like, safety Or a good yeah. thought To those kids But yeah The fact that their mothers Held it together That's yeah.
2: remarkable Well I mean Even then just top of that It's not like they those These kids heard That Steven Spielberg's Parents were divorced That's mm-hmm. my, that's what I was Trying to get to Is like these kids didn't know that. They just happened to share that one other element with Spielberg. They didn't know that they had that in common with someone that they looked up to so much yeah. that they wanted to recreate... His film. His and film. Didn't, and, then, <laughs> and wanted to finish recreating his film. Yeah. Um, so I found that kind of... Uh, and something that even the documentary... They didn't even address the documentary, but as they literally the rest of it, in the car. The resident Spielberg Enthusiast. That's something I kind of caught. Went, huh. That's fascinating. Yeah. I didn't even... And that's something I don't even know... How much even Spielberg is aware of that? But that is sort of again, like yeah, like what some of the mothers say about the uh, uh, kind of some about like leads to oh, creativity, yeah. leads uh, to, uh, a tough, like a harder home life. Yeah, or yeah. There,
3: There's yeah, there's an axiom these, but mm-hmm. I mean, and that's something, and I, you know, not necessarily everyone who's in creative inclined, but I think a lot of people. I mean, and I'm, I'm in the car with folks who are creatively inclined, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it's one thing to say part of why you make up stories, you write them, you draw them, you direct them. Um, is that you're playing a game and you're having fun, and that's a lot of it. But there's also the fact that it's uh, something that you can control because yeah. there's so much in your life that you can't. So it's it's equal parts playground and a uh, place to assert, you know, a level of, of of control.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I think just overall, I I want to say I f- I found the actual fan film. Like surprisingly joyful and fun, right? In a yep. way that you wouldn't think, you know. Oh, it's like your eye. My eyes literally had to adjust in the first five minutes to the wiggly line nature of 1981 film technology that was available to a home,
2: right? Oh, the uh, not same, but professional my ears, like the sound. <laughs> was oh yeah, for well, me. I just gave yeah. up on the sound. Well, that's the thing. Again, the the good thing about actually knowing Raiders is that I didn't have to worry about dialogue yeah. or story points because. I know Raiders, so henceforth that was fine. If I never knew Raiders before watching that, for some reason I decided to watch this. <laughs> and I've never seen the original <laughs> film. I will, I would have like walked out of the theater. It's like impossible. But since I did, I was able to follow it. And uh, funny enough, they've even kept the editing and the pacing of Raiders, which surprised me. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, of course that's what they were going after. But and at the same time, it's like it moved fast because. Raiders moved fast <laughs> At one point I was literally Trying to figure out When can I go To the bathroom And I realized Like oh I'm already At the Marion scene Well I can't go here I have to see How they do this <laughs> you have to see How they do that Yeah well, well, Okay, I will go. Oh no, but oh no, no, no! This is this is this this is the chase scene in the alley in this market. But I can't leave here. I have to see how they did this. So I, all of a sudden, I got to the to the end of it. Well, I guess I'm. I guess I have to wait till the till wait till the credits. Um, the hilariously enough, the one time I thought I should have left for the bathroom was when the government agents came to talk to to Brody and 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 Indy. and I went should have left there. Even in the original movie, that's the slowest-paced part. Yeah. Should have left there. Wasn't gonna miss anything. Exposition I already knew about. Nah, it's fine. I didn't need to see them point. See how you gonna point at a wall you know, or point at the black at the book? Like no, that's something I probably should have left for the bathroom. Um, but everything else, yeah, surprisingly, it it kept my attention and it was, yeah, like I get it. Well, I was like, wow, that's that's Raiders. You did not. You did not falter on when it, uh, to make it the uh, worse somehow. Like you found a way to make it like that's literally Raiders of the Lost Ark, except you know you had a dog instead of a monkey. You know, <laughs> so it's a really charming artifact of the time it
3: was made too. Mm. Um, here's a weird little segue, but um, you know that X Men movie that just came out is ostensibly so supposed to take place in like 1983. Yeah. Um, you know that because they, you know, the kids are at the Return of the Jedi, but it doesn't like the characters in the film outside of some period clothing for the most part they don't really look like kids from the 80s you know the adults and like people from the 80s but you're watching this cuz you know, cuz it's you know reconfigured like also like you know it's it's set dressed like the 80s but they all look like 2015 people but you watch this like those haircuts those <laughs> yeah. hairstyles um, when they're not wearing Movie accurate, you know, clothing like the, you know, the 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 suits that, that they cobbled together. Like, no, this it is. This well, is absolutely in, in the mid eighties. This, this is amazing so
2: hairstyle that Chris, who plays indie had, uh, where his like long his hair kind of whoops swooped over his eyes during a television interview, and I went, "Oh, <laughs> buddy." Yeah, you know, he's,
3: yeah, no, Chris is very new wave. In this. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I feel like uh,
1: the documentary, even if you're not able to actually see the fan film, the documentary has, you know, shots from it, yeah. of course, being a documentary, and I think it act, like pretty well tells the story of how they put it together, yeah. and kind of what, what happened in their lives, and it's it's a good documentary for people who are you know fans of film fans yeah. of but it's like tr- like fans it's not not necessarily you know like going into this going like oh this is going to show me how people made a film mm-hmm. it's going to show you that when you love something this much yeah you will do almost anything to see it through yeah uh and and i really enjoyed like the incorporation of other uh kind of film people um like Eli Roth.
2: Yeah, who's he a tells, big, he's yeah. a yeah, he's
1: a big film nerd himself
2: mm-hmm. and he's a
1: creator, but he kind of tells his connection to, you know, finding out about this whole thing and and uh that's kind of neat. I mm-hmm. I I like it. It's all very fan perspective, which yeah. which fits and makes it like a a ton more fun.
2: Well, I mean, there's a here's the thing, right? When whenever you think whenever I think of fan films currently, because the the tagline is this is the ultimate fan film ever made. Mm-hmm. Um I think of kind of lazy, at worst, and hear me out when I say that at worst, I think of lazy Star Wars fan films where they just throw a couple of lightsabers in, mm-hmm. I th- I think of guys in very detailed costumes of Batman and Spider-Man, and the movie is unwatchable, mm-hmm. you know, I-, I think of fan uh, films are like, these things are just like, trying to, you know, get an idea of the original story... But then doing your own spin, but then you just don't know but they're not good at filmmaking yet.
3: There's also a degree of of, of letting their sets and their costumes do more work than, than their
4: acting.
3: And I and when, yeah. when you have next to nothing like these kids
2: did. Yeah. Um well, I mean, you, you 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 make up for it in in actual in approach. Well I think what what the key thing here is that like when those guys are trying to make man fan films, the bad ones, I, I think they're trying to do something. That's to the level of what they want to see story-wise, but the problem is they don't have the experience to make a film. There, I think literally sometimes I think that's the first thing they directed. Um, when I look at this movie, the original film, and how the documentary portrays it, they were learning filmmaking while doing it. Well, you know what it is—it's kind of like like Orson Welles like um, learn how to make watch Stagecoach a shitload of times before he went <laughs> to make uh, Ciz and Kane. And the funny part is that he didn't make Ciz and Kane. He didn't make shot uh, for shot remake a Stagecoach. But he learned by looking at it and observing it. In a weird way, those kids kind of did the same thing. They yeah. just watched Raiders repeatedly and went, all right, let's just learn it how they did it. Learn from them and how to basically reverse engineer how they made the film.
3: Oh, well, that's what it is. It's a cover song.
2: Yeah. You know, when, when you get oh, yeah, a good sure. cover,
3: that's the thing. When you're, when you're doing it, you're not writing a song, but when you're doing a good cover, um, you are... You know, someone did the the heavy lifting of writing a song, and in doing your cover, and if you're either doing it as a lead band trying to do the song, or if you're trying to do something different, working on the off that skeleton, um, you're using the fact that it, it's not it's not that you're innovating; it's that you're learning from someone who who did it and mastered it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, it'll be probably hard for people to actually find the fan film uh, yeah. in the world. It's probably it's never gonna get like any kind of a DVD release. <laughs> no. uh, you know, if you find a VHS copy somewhere in a thrift bet... store that says Raiders on it or Raiders <laughs> fan or something like that, uh, Listen, that could there be are it. Not
2: ways. Yeah, I think even if you go to the official Raiders guys website, I think, and you know, looking we can you can we can Google this later, but I believe you can in fact buy the documentary and for a shit. Load money, then you're probably willing to spend. You might be able to get a copy of the original of the duck of the adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not saying it's gonna cost a couple hundred thousand, but like, if you're if you're if your barometer is, do you really want to spend maybe fifty dollars on an adaptation DVD? <laughs> that is your call. Listen, yeah. technically, um, they're, they're
3: lega- legally speaking, they're
2: they're not, not really supposed to. to. Uh, but what I here's okay, the, the, the I would say this: like, watch a documentary and just enjoy it as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in luck, though, and here it is screening, it strangely enough, even though it's shot on like Super Eight, twenty four frames a minute. <laughs> well, not all of it clearly, but because uh, the plane sequence is full HD and shot. Well, yeah. um, if you can find a screening that has people in it, because even we had like what maybe ten, fifteen people in mm-hmm. our screening. Yeah, that wasn't exactly the draft house, but, but it's people. It's people, and I'd say do that.
3: Honestly, yeah. I'll even say that it's in a lot of ways that's really. It's one thing to sit down in your den in front of your laptop or your, your entertainment system and watch it, and you're probably gonna have some fun. But again, it's 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 a rickety kids movie um, made by kids. But uh, you, uh, yeah, if you if you're in a house of people who who know Indiana Jones, um, that it's it's organic. It's 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 part of the experience of watching it. Yeah. I mean, that's part of what you know. That's that's part of what a uh, um, you know brought. You know, brought it all together and made it more than just a bunch of kids who wasted seven years of their life. (laughs) Is you know the word of mouth and 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 the reactions um, of a live audience who aren't expecting it. I think that's a big thing too. It's like it's it's like the film they made. It's an entirely un un uh, cynical thing. Yeah. Like like literally that these these kids who the you know one one of the grown up versions of these kids aptly says that they're basically the Goonies. Yeah. Or were the Goonies And yeah like, like you know No one's No one No one is Is, is thinking about Putting Throwing the ship On, on, on YouTube Or anything else or, or, or getting it That way It's like literally, Why did he do it To do it
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah So I, I think It was a It was a good experience Yeah uh,
1: If you If you can get a chance To see it At a, a Some kind of a screening uh, In a theater With other people That's a That'll be a good time uh, Thank you guys For, for being here no, Today uh, oh,
3: no, uh, this was unexpected, but <laughs> enjoyable.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and that is it. Uh, go check out uh, Raiders, the... What was it called? Raiders, the ultimate fan film. film. Yeah. Oh, boy. I lost the title. Here we go. Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. There
0: we go. Feeling packaged this midnight? Set your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinera podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sample only the finest in sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinera sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you.
1: Bon (laughs) appétit! All right, so thanks for listening. Uh, let's give thanks to uh, S- the Silent Partner, who did the, our theme song, Sophomore Makeout, which you got from the YouTube audio library. Mm-hmm. Our logo was done by Justin Keyson. Uh He writes and draws, and he's a, a writer at Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should check out uh, Tom's uh, website, optograb.org, and his writings on Amazon and Smashwords. Yeah, he's,
0: he's prolific.
1: Uh-huh. You should check out the other podcasts that I do, Pick Your Path. Uh, if you want to dip back into the archives you can get uh, Shut Up Leonard it's mm-hmm. not producing new stuff but it's still out there yeah it'll
0: be there forever if for if you, you watch
1: community it's fun to go watch an episode listen to uh, the commentary by myself and Matt Benson yeah it's a good companion piece it's a fun time go to benvnetwork.com for all those shows Jordan
0: uh, I do video game streaming over at uh, uh, twitch.tv backslash gamersaw weekly last week because I'm clearing out my black backlog I played Quantum Break and this week I'm probably gonna try and finish off Dragon Age I mean Man, I picked that game back up. I already had 100 hours on it. I'm up to 170 now. Jeez. Uh, I'm trying to get that done so I can move on to The Witcher. I tried to play The Witcher uh, last week, mm-hmm. and I forgot how to play that game. <laughs> that was just 15 <laughs> minutes of me dying over and over and over again. Dang. So I had to switch. Uh, but definitely come on by to twitch.tv backslash Gamersault Weekly to have fun with me while I play video games.
1: Alright, and go to podcast.com and email us nvpodcast at gmail.com uh for all the things that you want to know. Uh tell us, you know, what you think. If you want us to review something, uh we'll see what's coming out and we'll give you a real special regular episode yeah. next week. Yep. Until then, this has been episode two eighty three. I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan,
0: and remember listeners Ugh, whatever, it's just bonus. video games and stuff in it neat yeah uh, but because of that you're not supposed to sleep in rooms with wi-fi and modems just because the mm. signal's being thrown off of them like there's no there's like no warning on them like hey this will kill you but mm. they just say yeah you probably shouldn't do it
4: mm. this podcast is a part of the BenView network You can find this and other podcasts like it at
1: bendvuenetwork.com.